Most New Year's resolutions, not because they often fail or because they're too difficult and not because I'm bad at them either. I mean, I've only been in love for four new years. No, I have a problem with resolutions because people think that that's it. It's for one time to change. Now, don't get me wrong, we definitely all need change. I have no idea how to ride a bicycle and my little brother has no idea what a toilet is for. And some of you, yeah, you probably should get out of the house more, but one big decision probably isn't going to do it. Sorry. So now what? Flush your resolutions down the toilet for one my little brother can't use? Of course not. Keep your resolutions but go easy on yourself. Will you change? Maybe, but probably won't happen in one big moment. It'll happen in thousands of little moments. Every time you choose to forgive or slow down or be grateful or stay calm each little moment that you choose what's right instead of what's easy. Faith instead of doubt. Love instead of hate. That's where every change happens. Even if you fail one or two or thirty times, it's okay. You've got thousands of more little moments ahead of you. You'll get better. So happy new year, God bless, and I'm off to ask my dad to get a book. If they're all a pony. Bye. All right, well, good, mo good morning to everyone and welcome to the well here at STSA on the first Sunday of 2022. And before I get into the message, I know we've been off for a couple weeks. We haven't seen each other for a while. And I don't know about you, but as I'm standing here with you, praying the liturgy together, hanging out face to face, there's just something inside me that says... It is good for us to be here together. I don't know if you agree with that same thing, especially after being away for so long and not knowing people, what was going on with people's lives. So it's great. What I feel like when I come back on a Sunday is that it's like, you know, when you travel and you're away from home for a couple of weeks and you just, you're home. Well, that's how I feel when I come here on Sundays and I hope you feel the same thing as well. And what I want to do here today is I want to start with a New Year's confession. That's right. Usually I'm on the receiving end of the confession, but let me be on the giving end of the confession. And the confession is this. I love New Year's. New Year's is like my favorite holiday. Yeah, the Christmases and the Thanksgivings and the family and the blah, blah, blah. All that stuff is great. I'm not against all any of that stuff. But for me personally, I love New Year's. I love anything which allows me to like take a step back, I love to look at the year and the year gone by as a whole. I like to take inventory. I like to come up with plans. I like to come up with goals. I like to come up with spreadsheets of goals. Anything that, require, that has a checkbox that I can check off, anything like that, I am all in for New Year's. And the reason why I say it's a confession is because what I realize is apparently I'm in the minority. Apparently New Year's isn't as big a deal to everyone else as it is to me. Because the cool thing these days is to be the New Year's Scrooge. So Scrooge for Christmas is the bah humbug guy. I feel like there's a lot of New Year's Scrooges, which are like resolutions are lame. It's lame to make resolutions. I don't know why and, and where improving your life became a lame thing to do. It sounds like people who aren't any good at it probably say it, but that's just my opinion. And I even saw a poll 
on the favorite holidays in this country. Anyone want to guess what rank New Year's is on the top holidays in this country? Anyone want to guess? Well, let's do this. What's the, what's the number one holiday in America? Christmas is number one. Number two? Thanksgiving. Number three? Halloween. Who said Halloween? What kind of people? I'm going to come back to Halloween, okay, in a second there. Halloween is number three. Okay, fourth? Fourth of July, Independence Day. Five? Not Cinco de Mayo, okay, but uh, Easter is number five. New Year's doesn't show up on the list till number six. New Year's doesn't show up on the list till number six. And you know the people who said this are clueless because they put Halloween, a.k.a. the devil holiday, above the Easter one. At least, they, I mean, they couldn't even get that one right. Well, I'm here to tell you that's not me. I'm all in for New Year's. I'm all in for New Year's, and I'm saying on behalf of my household, my kids know, my wife, like for us every year, New Year's is a big thing. We schedule time, we take a step back, we review the year gone by, we make plans for the year coming, we hold each other accountable as best we can. I'm all in for New Year's. And the reason why, okay, it's not just because I have an affinity for New Year's or anything like that, but because I heard a sentence it was either in a sermon or in a book I read. I don't remember where. Many, many, many years ago, probably 10, 15 years ago at this point. And that sentence changed the way I think about life. And that sentence is this. It's everyone ends up somewhere, but not everyone ends up somewhere on purpose. You've probably heard me say that before. Everyone ends up somewhere, but not everyone ends up somewhere on purpose. What this means is every one of us has aspirations in life, both on a New Year scale, but also on a life scale. And you may say, I want a stronger marriage. I want to be closer to my kids. I want to save money. I want to get in shape. I don't want to have to require a halftime break going up the stairs every time I go upstairs. Like you have things that you want to accomplish, things that you want to achieve. This is very normal and natural. But the point here is, whatever your aspiration is, you can get there, but you can't get there by accident. You can get in your car right now as soon as we finish. You can drive anywhere your heart delights. You can go north, you can go south, you can go east, you can go west. You can say, I want to go to Maryland. Say, I want to go to Virginia. You can say, I want to drive to Canada. You can say, I want to drive to, to Mexico. You don't, there's no problem. You can go wherever you want. But you can't get there by accident. Like the likelihood that you just close your eyes, you start driving, and you end up in Cancun at the resort of your choice is very slim. Well, it's the same thing is true in life. Everyone ends up somewhere. But not everyone ends up somewhere on purpose. I'll give you an analogy. Imagine there's a bank that opens up down the street. And this bank says this is the way they're going to get customers. Every single Monday morning at 6 a.m., every single Monday morning at 6 a.m. for all their customers, they will deposit $10,000 into your bank account every single Monday morning at 6 a.m. And you can spend that money however you want. It's free money. $10,000 Every Monday morning, you can spend it. There's no, there's only one rule, but they're not going to restrict how you spend it. You can spend it to pay off your debt. You can spend it to uh, buy a new car. You can spend it to take that trip to Europe that you've always wanted to, to take. You can take it to do something really meaningful, like buy your priest a new gift, like anything that your heart delights that you've been yearning to do for years and just haven't had the income to do it. You can do anything you want, but there's one rule. And that one rule is, that you can't save money from one week to the next. Has to all be spent by the following Monday morning. And any money that isn't spent by Monday morning goes back to the bank and you lose it forever. 
this kind of money, this kind of bank, a bank that would truly give me $10,000 every single Monday for the rest of my life, this is a life-changing bank. Like my life could, I, if I took advantage of this, my life would never be the same. You would be a fool. Like imagine the fool that every week would allow $7,000 or $8,000 or $9,000 just sit in his bank. You'd be a fool if you just squandered that money. Would you agree with me? Well, did you know that every week God gives you into your bank account, he deposits 10,000 minutes every single week. Actually, 10,080, but we'll throw away the 80. Okay, we'll just say 10,000. 10,000 minutes. Every single Monday morning, God gives you 10,000 minutes. And those minutes, every one of them, is the currency by which you can change your life, by which you can achieve your goals, by which you can change your marriage, by which you can change your relationships, by which, by, 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 by which you can get out of debt, by which you can deepen your relationship with God. The 10,000 minutes that are deposited into your bank account, those are the means by which you will change your life. And some people in 2022 will use those minutes to invest in finding a cure for cancer, maybe even COVID. Some people will use those minutes to adopt a child or foster a child and change someone's life forever. And some people will use them simply to watch TV, to complain about the situation, to read the latest blog about the latest political whatever it is and which situation is the same, but you spend all your time reading about a situation that's never going to change. Your choice. Your choice. How you use those minutes determines ultimately where you're going to stand on January 1st, 2023 and ultimately where you're going to stand at the end of your life. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, or 15 and 16 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. See then that you walk circumspectly, and I'm going to broaden it. Not that you walk circumspectly, but that you live circumspectly. See that when you walk and you walk the road of life and you live life, that you're doing so wisely. You're not just like circumspectly means as you're walking. Okay, you're looking around, see what's going on around you. You're walking in a dark alley, you walk like this. Okay, you don't, you don't, you're, you're, you're careful. What's what it says right here? See then that you live circumspectly, that you walk around looking around at what's going on. Why? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. You know what the days are evil means? What does it mean the days are evil? It doesn't mean evil in the sense like the days are bad and everything is wicked. What it's saying is that time is not on your side. Time is not on your side. And this is something that we say all the time. Like, is there anybody who in the past few weeks hasn't said the following sentence? Where did the time go? Time flies. Like the expression goes, the days are long, but the years are short. Time flies. We, over Christmas break, one of the things that we did with, ended up doing is we ended up looking at old pictures. Okay, I don't know if you, anyone still has pictures, not on their phone. I'm talking about like with the paper and the things with the, that you stick inside. We're looking at old pictures. We're looking at pictures from our wedding, which is like 20 years ago, and when our kids were born. 20 years is like this. Like 20 years is like a minute these days. Like you're looking at those pictures, you're looking at them as if they were like yesterday or the day before, and you look at the calendar, you're like, oh my goodness. In case you didn't know how fast time goes, let's play a little game. The game is how fast does time go and how old are you? Did you know that kids, I'll make you feel old right now, kids who are graduating college this coming year, kids who are graduating college this coming year were born after 9-11. Kids, which really aren't kids when they're graduating college, because when we were graduating college, we weren't no kids. Okay, we were adults. We were freedom. We're born after 9-11. After after Can you imagine that? And that leads me to think, like, I remember when I was graduating college in, in 1998, 
There was a song, a famous song that was part of our childhood. And it was Prince's. It was the classic. It was Party Like It's 1999. So I'm thinking these dumb kids don't know what that song, what do they do when the song comes on? Party Like It's 1999. Like, do they just wear black and white? Like, what do they think it means to party like it's 1999? They're missing an important part of being a child in, in the United States of America. Did you know these same kids, make you feel old, these same kids have never licked a stamp. Did you know that? These same kids, because it was the year 2002, apparently, that the post office started going with the self-adhesive stamps. So these poor schmucks who are graduating college don't know the joy of that minty aftertaste of that stamp glue and how if you happen to lick the envelope before you got the paper cut, how the glue just seeps into your entire bloodstream. They don't know that. They're missing out. Make you feel old. Macaulay Culkin, star of Home Alone. You all watched that movie over the last couple weeks, right? Anyone who didn't watch Home Alone, at least one or two or three? Macaulay Culkin is now older than 40 years old. Ralph Macchio, the karate kid? 60. The karate kid. And I'm going to all old school right here and make you all feel really old. Did you know that the cast of Friends, you remember Friends? The cast of Friends, that there are people who are on the cast of Friends who are the same age as the Golden Girls when they show was popular. So if you were watching Friends today, it would be more like the Golden Girls. That's crazy. Last one. Did you know that we are closer to the year 2050? than we are to the year 1990. We are closer to the year 2050, if my math is right. We are closer to the year 2050 than we were, than we are to the 1990. And 1990 was like last week. Point is, time moves fast. Gone before you know it. And the same is true of 2022. Here we are today at the first week. And I'm telling you, you're going to blink and it's all going to go by. You're going to blink and it's all going to go by faster than you even were able to pay attention. And some people during this year, this will be the year. And then you fill in the blank. This will be the year that I finally, and then you fill in the blank. This is the year I finally get in shape. This is the year I finally fix that relationship. This is the year I finally connected with so-and-so. This is the year I finally got out of debt. And other people, this will just simply be the same old year as the year before because everyone ends up somewhere, but not everyone ends up somewhere on purpose. That's why our goal here for today is very simple. My goal is to help you be all in for 2022 the way I'm all in for 2022. What I want to talk about in our time here together is for the remainder of 2022, which in case you're wondering, doing the math here, we're already about 11,000 minutes into the new year. So already 11,000 minutes are gone and you never get those minutes back. But by my math calculation, there's about 510,000 left to go. So you still got some, some buffer in case you, in case you squandered the first 11,000. At the end of these 510,000 minutes, you're going to end up somewhere. Spiritually, you will be somewhere. Relationally, you will be somewhere. Financially, you will be somewhere. Physically, you will be somewhere. My hope is to help you get somewhere on purpose as opposed to by accident. Because whether or not you realize it or not, you have more control over where you end up than you may give yourself credit. It's all about how you spend those minutes. My goal is to convince you to go all into 2022 in three specific areas. I'm gonna tell you, this is very personal for me. So I'm gonna tell you three areas that I am all in for 2022, and I want you to be all in for 2022 as well. And I think if you do, when the year is done, you'd be very proud of where you stand. And the first one, I want you to be all in on here and now, not there and later. I want you to be all in 
on here and now, not there and later. What do I mean by this? The term all in comes from poker. Okay, and now I've heard about others playing poker in confession. People have told me that they play poker. Okay, <laughs> so as I'm familiar, my, my, my shallow understanding is that when there's betting going on, it comes a certain point in time, you believe strongly in your hand, so you say, I'm all in. And what I'm all in means, means I don't know if I'm going to live to play another hand after this. It means all my money goes in the middle of the pot, and I may not be, I may not be able to play the next hand. I'm only focused on this one hand. I'm not thinking about down the road. I'm all in. I'm right here. I ignore everything else. I'm all in. I believe we need to be all in on here and now. There's a term that we use in our modern vocabulary, and it sounds good, and it is good. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm saying it has harmful side effects associated with it. And that's the term balance. Balance sounds like a good thing. We need balance. Work-life balance. I kind of disagree. Like balance on a macro level, I agree. We need work, we need spiritual, we need physical, like we need to be balanced on a macro level. But on a micro level, don't be fooled by balance. I actually think we need the opposite. I think we need not balanced on a micro level. I think what we need is all in. And what that means is when I'm at work, I'm at work and I'm focused on work and I'm focused on anything else. I'm not worried about what's going on outside. When I'm at work, I'm at work. When I'm at home, and I'm at home. Too many times we got people while we're at home, we're thinking about work. While we're at work, we feel guilty that we're not at home. And when we're at church, we're not thinking about either of them because we're worried about what's on Netflix when we get home. So we are doing the opposite of all in. And what I'm saying is when I'm at work, 100% work, focused, laser focused. When I'm at home, when I'm with the kids, when I'm with my wife, when I'm with my husband, I'm laser focused on that. When I'm at church, I'm focused on that. I'm not thinking about anything else outside of that. We need to be all in on being present with what's in front of us. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. King Solomon says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. And the passage goes on. This is the entire chapter. I just showed you the first two verses. But you, you probably heard the rest of it. It's in that, that song by the birds. Okay, a time for this and a time for that. A time for war and a time for peace. He says a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. And I believe the same is true. Figure out what the appropriate time is and go all in. If you're with your kids, be all into your kids for that moment in time. If you're with your spouse, all in. If you're with God, shut everything else off. Go all in. If you're at work, all in. And when you do that, you'll discover a secret. I'm going to tell you a little secret, especially for those who are into like time management and maximizing their time. People who say, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. And I wish I had more time for my wife. And I wish I had more time for my kids. And I wish I had more time for my Bible. And I wish I had more time for my brother and my father. And we wish we had more time. Anyone who said that, let me tell you a little secret. The secret is this, that it's not a matter of quantity of time. It's quality. And the secret, I don't want my wife to hear this secret. Okay, so don't tell her I said this. Did you know, let's just take something about spending time with your spouse. Did you know that one hour of quality time focused all in with your spouse is greater than five hours of distracted time? And it applies to your kids. It applies to your job. 1,000% applies to prayer and spending time with God. A shorter time that's focused 
is greater than a longer time that's distracted. Sometimes I hear about, I'm not telling you how to live your life. So everyone is a little bit different, but me, for me, like I have relationships with lots of people that, you know, I don't mean it in a negative way, but I'm saying like, I like to be invested in lots of people's lives. Let me say it that way. I'm invested in lots of people's lives. Because of that, I don't have the luxury to be able to go large quantities with every single person. If I did, I would, I would never make it through. So I focus on quality. And sometimes I hear about people and doing the exact opposite. Like, you know, I can go, I can invite you to my house or I can come to your house. 45 minutes quality time is greater than the three hours or four hours that you could spend with your friends and never have a meaningful conversation. Because I'm a priest, I cut straight to the chase. Like I got somewhere to be after this. So I'm coming in and I don't care who's, who's winning on the football game. I don't care what the weather is. I don't care about any of that stuff. People say, stay and watch the game with us. I don't want to watch the game with you. I want to talk to you. I want to watch the game by myself so I can focus on the game. Okay. Because I'm all in whenever I do anything, I'm all in. And I hear sometimes people, hours and hours at this restaurant, hours and hours with this, and, and anything quality? No. Listen carefully. Nothing good happens at restaurants. Unless you have a gift card, of course. Then very good things happen. But I'm saying in general, nothing good happens when a group of people goes out. Okay, I'm saying that's fun. That's a quaint. That's not against that. But my point is, that's not going to be the quality. Let's focus more on quality than we do on quantity. Same with kids. You don't got to spend a whole day with them. Who wants to spend a whole day with the kid? during Christmas break, like we had enough of them, right? But what you can do is you can spend a quality time. You take them out, get to know them, make sure there's no devices around, both for them, but also, let's be honest, for us. Same thing with your spouse, same thing with spiritual. You don't take hours and hours, like I don't pray for hours and hours a day, but I do my best that when I do, it's focused. Phone not in the room with me. Certainly not on my pocket, certainly not praying on the phone. Like praying on the phone, like I don't know what they're saying, what they're saying what that means. All that stuff's got to go away so I can be focused. One of the things that people, maybe you have said to yourself about me, how, hopefully it's not that many, but I'm saying I know a lot of people like, Father Anthony, you didn't respond to my text quick. Like I texted you, you didn't respond, or I called you, you didn't come back till the next day. And I, tru I, I apologize for that. Like it's not, but the truth of the matter is, you know why I don't respond to text messages fast? I'm good with email, email's better, but text, you know why I don't respond? because I'm focused on who's ever in front of me. And I promise you, you may not be happy about it when you're on the other end of the text, but when you're sitting in front of me, and, if, and I guarantee you, if anyone sat with me, you've been with me at a time where in the middle of our conversation, you saw me do this. And what that means is that somebody's texting or somebody's calling and I don't care. I will get to them when I get to them. I'm focused on you right now. And then maybe I remember it as soon as you walk out or maybe I don't remember by the time I get to my car. I don't know what it is, but I'm focused. And I do that because I want to invest in you. And I'm saying, be all in, be focused is better than distracted. Colossians 3.23 is a good memory verse if you struggle with this. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Whatever you do, do it heartily with all your heart as to the Lord and not to men. So our first all in for 2022 is I'm all in on here and now. What's in front of me, a time for every purpose, time for everything under the sun. If it's a time for work, I'm all in. If it's a time for church, I'm all in. If it's a time for spouse, I'm all in. If it's a time for self, I'm all in. Be focused, all in to whatever I'm doing. The second commitment we're going to make, which again, I, I know these sound backwards. They sound like the opposite of what you think I should be saying. I'm going to be all in in 2022 on starting, not finishing. I'm going to be all in on starting, not finishing. 
And I know this sounds like the opposite. No, we should be focused on finishing our goals. Not like anyone can start. No, just trust me on this one. Stick with me here. As a priest, I get to talk to lots of different people going through lots of different things in life. And I get to benefit from the experience, not just that I am going through in life, but I get to often benefit from the experience you are going through in life. When you come and share that with me, then I can take it and I can learn from that and I can see lessons learned. Well, let me tell you the worst thing in life. The worst thing in life. The worst thing in life is not death. The worst thing in life is not sickness. The worst thing in life is certainly not losing your job. The worst thing in life is regret. The worst thing in life is regret. And regret happens when you get to the end and you say to yourself, why did I, then you fill in the blank, why did I spend so much time at work? Why did I waste my minutes on work? Why did I invest so little in my children? I only had them for a few years and I didn't invest properly during that time. Or you say, why didn't I say sorry when I had the chance? Why didn't I make that change? Why didn't I fix that relationship? Like, why didn't I pick up the phone and make that call? Every one of us, there's things that we know today. Like, let's do this together. Every single person in this room here today, every single person watching on the other side of that camera, every single person there's something in your heart that you know without a shadow of a doubt that God wants you to do in 2022. I want everyone to think of one thing that God wants you to do in 2022. Think of one thing that God wants you to do that you've been saying, I need to do this, or I wouldn't, this is the, think of one thing that you want to do that you know God wants you to do in 2022. Everyone got something in their head? Everyone's got something in their head? Okay, now I'm going to read this verse. This verse applies to what, what's in your head. James 4, 17, therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. To him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. This applies to whatever's in your head. The one who in their head is saying, you know what? I know I need to leave this job. I know this job. I know, I know this. To him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. The one who's saying, I know I need to start volunteering in the church. I've been kind of sitting on the sidelines saying, you know, after the season, I know I need to start giving. Uh, I know I need to start serving in some capacity. I, I, I know I need to invest more in this relationship. I know I need to say sorry. I know I need to be more invested in my parents or in my kids. I know I need to get in shape. I know I need to stop the, the, the spending and the debt. I know I need to. Well, according to this verse, to him who knows to do, to do good and does not do it, to him, it is sin. And because of that, I say, I'm going to go all in on starting, not finishing. Every day, did you know, there's a law. Maybe you've heard this before. The law of diminishing intentions. Have you heard of this before? The law of diminishing, not returns, diminishing intentions. It basically says this. Every day that goes by, in a minute ago, you had something in your head that you know you need to do. Every day that goes by that you don't start, you're less likely to start the next day. Do you know that? They have this way of figuring out. It's like the people who do like the weight loss and the exercise. It's the people who say, I want to start today versus the people who say, I'm going to start on Monday. The people who say, I'm going to start today, those are the ones, I don't remember the number, make it up on top of my head, like 2,000% more likely to be successful than the one who says, I'm going to start on Monday. Because the one, the one who starts today versus the one who starts tomorrow, every single day that goes by, you're less likely to start. That's why when it comes to my goals, 
and my aspirations for the new year. My focus is not finishing them. I don't want to finish anything. I just want to start. And I know if I start, I'm giving you another law. Law of inertia. What does inertia mean? Who knows? Who remembers uh, biology class or physics class or chemistry? I don't know what class it was. Okay, and probably physics, I would imagine at this point, okay? And inertia is what? An object in motion stays in motion unless acted upon by an outside force, and an object at rest stays at rest. So all I'm trying to do with my goals, I'm just trying to get over the inertia. I'm just trying to push the cart and just to get some momentum going. Let me give you an example. What are my goals that I decided for this year? I believe very much in reading. And I believe that those who are uh, reading are those who are going to be mentally sharp for the long haul. And I'm on the other end of 45 on this side right now. So this thing's going to not stay sharp unless I do something to make sure it stays sharp. So I decided this year, I'm going to read one book a month, starting in February, not January, because I decided on January 2nd, so it was too late, okay? So I'm going to start, I'm going to read 11 books at a minimum. I'm going to read one book per month, starting in February. That's a daunting goal. And say, wow, how am I going to finish that goal? Do you know, already, I've done nothing, but I feel like I'm halfway done my goal. You know why? Because I try to break the goal down into action steps. What do I need to do to accomplish reading one book per month this entire year? So first thing I said is, I need to get the books. So I said I would get five books, put them on my nightstand. So I always have one like ready to go in case it stinks. I could throw it away and I could jump right into the next one. But getting the five books, that's not the first step. The first step before that was researching which books to buy. And the first step before that was setting aside a time to research the books that I could order. So you know what? But before I haven't even, I've known the book, I haven't even started yet. But I feel like I'm like, check, check, check. I've done like four steps already. So I feel like I'm halfway done this goal because I created small, actionable steps. So I feel like there's some inertia there. There's some momentum there. Well, I'm saying the same for you. Come up with your goal and then just take a step. Come up with, you know what? I wanna be more invested in my kid's life. Just take a step. Just tell them I love you. Just tell them like, let's hang out this front. Like, just take a step. And I'm telling you, the step will lead to another step, will lead to another step. But too many of us sitting here saying, I don't know how I'm gonna get all the way across there. And all I'm saying is, let's go all in on starting not necessarily finishing. Proverbs 3.27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in, your power, in the power of your hand to do so. Meaning don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. You know you need to do that. Take that step. Today is the day to start. You know, every year, like I said, I review the prior year. And every year I come up with like a life lesson from the year gone by. And my lesson for 2021, which is, big bold on top of my goals for this year. Okay. When I print it out, it says on the top, my lesson from last year was focus on the step, not the path. Focus on the step, not the path. That was my personal lesson. Focus on the step, not the path. Because in this past year, 2021, God accomplished very big things here at STSA church. God accomplished very big things here at STSA church. And if I just sat on January 1st, 2021, and said, how am I going to accomplish that? How am I going to get to that side? Truthfully, I, I, I had a, a panic attack or, or a heart attack or some kind of attack because there's no way. But all I did was, you know what? I don't know how to get from here to there, but I know how to get from here to there. So I know if I go like this and I work hard on this, then you know what? I'm that much closer. And then this, and then this, and then you look up on December 31st and you're like, let me just tell you about two of the things, of the many things, but just two of the public things that you already know about, you don't even need me to tell you about. Did you know in this past year, in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of all the, the chaos going all around, did you know 
that STSA Church, number one, established a church location out in Leesburg. And I know you're on the other side of that camera and you're watching me. And you should be hooting and hollering right now over there in Leesburg. Because did you know that in the middle of all this stuff that, go, that went on right here, that we knew that God didn't want us to be, we knew from the very beginning, God doesn't want a thousand people to be here and just keep on building one centralized location. We knew that God want the gospel to spread and the best way for the gospel to spread is multiple locations. So did you know during this past year, we not only started a location in Leesburg, not only established it, and it's got a priest, God sent Father Abraham as a priest and not just sent uh, a priest, but he sent a congregation who love the church and are thriving and are willing to serve and roll up their sleeves and are dedicated and committed. And today, I know you guys are even in a new location today in the senior center in Leesburg. So thanks be to God. And it's not just a church that's, that's, that's praying together. It's a church that's actually making an impact on the community around them. Like the community can't keep up with those people over there in Leesburg. So we say thanks be to God for that. Not because we said here, how are we going to go from here to there? But we said we're just going to take a step, take a step, take a step. The other major accomplishment, as you heard me share on New Year's, for those who were with us on New Year's Eve, was that we somehow, I still don't even know how we did it, we were able to raise enough money to be able to begin construction, okay, and close on this loan on our new building so that a year from now, January 9, 2023, we will not be here, George Mason, hopefully, okay? We will not be here. We will be in our own building here in Arlington. And just in case you're wondering, the amount of money that we needed to raise, I don't even know how we did it, but just so you're, in case you're wondering, we are now, more than eight or almost eight million dollars into this project almost eight million dollars into this project and we have exactly zero dollars of debt we are almost eight million dollars into this project when you go back from the beginning of purchasing the land for two million dollars in cash and then all we spent on construction and all we needed to get to closing we are eight million dollars let me tell you this no one gave us an eight million dollar check no one ever said here's an eight million dollar check but the little came in, and then you gave, and then you gave, and then you gave, and then you asked others to give, and then, and I don't know how we got there. And every time there was a deadline, uh-oh, we got a deadline, people provided, and we provided. So I'm telling you, the year gone by, the lesson for me is very simple. Don't focus on the path. Just focus on the step. I couldn't have told you back in January of last year how we would get to where we are today, but I could tell you the step that was in front of us. And I'm telling you, same is true in your life. God is unpredictable. God is impossible to define his ways. And I promise you, he wants to do incredible, amazing, unpredictable in your life. And you say, but how? I don't see the path. And I'm telling you, don't focus on the path. Just focus on the step. And I guarantee you, God will work. So first, all in. Poker hand, all in. I'm all in on here and now, not there and later. I don't care about there and later. Here's where I am now. I'm in front of this right now. I'm all in. Two, I'm all in on starting, not finishing. I don't know the path. I don't know all the steps, but I know this is the step in front of me right now. I'm going to take it, and I'm going to trust God has the, the, the final step, the final steps. The third all in, and this one's going to sound really confusing because, again, all these sound like I should be saying the opposite. I'm going to be all in on church not being close. I know it sounds like confusing. It's not a good English statement, but just follow me here. I'm going to be all in on not being close to church. I want to be all in on not being close to church. You say, Father Anthony, you're doing like the opposite of what we should be doing right here. We should be telling people to be close to church. No, I don't want you to be close to church. I'll tell you why. Once upon a time, there was a young man 
who came to Jesus in Mark chapter 12, and he asked Jesus, Jesus, what's the most important command in all the scriptures? Jesus responded to him by saying, very simple, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, the great commandment. And the young man responded, Mark chapter 12, verse 32, says the scribe said to him, well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God, and there is no other but he. On the surface, this sounds like a good answer. He said, well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth. But we know, especially by the verse I'll show you in a second, we know this was not a good answer. This answer was actually kind of cold because he calls him teacher. Calling him teacher is kind of like, it's kind of like if, if your spouse is like a doctor and then you ask him something and he answers and you're like, okay, well said, doctor. Okay, let's kind of have the man saying, well said, teacher. Like you finally got one right. Like, good for you. Bravo. You got one. Like, it's like a, a sarcastic clap kind of a thing. Well said, teacher. And then Jesus responds to him by saying one of the scariest verses in all the Bible. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. On the surface, again, doesn't that sound like he's praising him? You are not far. The answer is No. Because all in means, I don't want to be close. All in means, I don't want to be close. I will not settle for being close. Jesus said to the man, you are not far from the kingdom of God. But did you know what I discovered? Being at the beach and being not far from the beach are not the same thing. Like you're driving to the beach. You're close to the beach. You're not at the beach. You are the same. You're experiencing the same benefits of the beach as someone who lives on the moon. You're not getting anything from it. Or my house. Okay, I'm going to get in my car after I finish here today. And I'm going to drive. And I'm going to get on, okay, the streets leading to my house. Okay, it's, it's Tobin Street and then Beverly and then Happy Heart Lane. Okay, I live on Happy Heart Lane in case you didn't know. So I don't, my goal isn't to get to Happy Heart Lane. Say, okay, good, now I'm close. Woo, park it. I don't want to get close to my house. Like the person who's living close to my house or not far from my house is the same as a person who lives, is a homeless person living in the street. My goal is to be inside the house. And I'm saying the same thing right here. I don't want to be close to the kingdom of God. I don't want to be close to God. I don't want to be close to church. I want to be smack dab in the middle. I want to be sitting in the bosom of the Father. Like I want to be sitting on Christ's lap in the middle of the whole thing, not just saying, okay, look, I can see it. It's right over there. I'm not that far. Good for me. Thank God. My fear, and I'm not saying this is scary, but I'm saying this because it's real, because it's in the scripture. My fear is to get to the end of my life or the end of this year, either one, like it doesn't really matter. Your life year doesn't matter. My goal, my fear is to get to the end and for God to say, good for you. You are super close to getting there. You are super close to the kingdom. You are super close to being in my bosom. You are super close to eternal life. I want to be close. Can I speak honestly? Can I speak very honestly? And I'm speaking to the people in this room. I'm speaking to the people on the other side of this camera who are watching at home because we're streaming here at home. And I know, let me start off by saying, I know people are sick and I know people aren't able to make it. So I get it. So I'm not trying to guilt or shame anyone. But I'm trying to say this. It's been a rough couple of years. Like when you look back on the last couple of years, it's like science fiction movie stuff that we've gone through the past couple of years. Like look at us. All of us look like bank robbers, okay, wearing the mask and things like that. Like the stuff that we're going through, you couldn't have imagined it. Telling yourself when you were th three years ago, you couldn't have imagined anything like it. But we survived. Here we are. We're still kicking. We're still breathing. We're still moving. But let me tell you who didn't survive. 
I'll tell you who didn't survive is the people who are okay being close. The people who are okay being close, meaning I was around church. I read the emails. I watched some videos here and there. I came when I could, but I wasn't really all in. Church was like a thing in my life, but it wasn't like the thing in my life. And again, I'm not trying to guilt or shame anyone, but I'm just saying what I see. I can only say what I see with my own two eyes. And I'm saying over this past couple years, I have seen a number of people, and I'm not trying to guilt or shame anybody, not trying to guilt or shame, step away from the church and say like, okay, Father Anthony, now's not the time for church. We have different things to worry about. We got COVID. Okay, we, got, uh, we have uh, uh, health issues in our family. And we have uh, 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 parents that we see that we gotta be careful. And we have, uh, we have situations. So like, not, now's not the time. And I'm telling you, I've seen the effect that has on marriages. And I've seen the effect that has on people's mental and emotional and spiritual health. And I've seen the effect it has on relationships. And I'm telling you, it's not good. A lot of families were hurt really bad during this past couple of years. A lot of families were hurt really bad. And I, here's, my, here's my fear is that the family is saying to themselves is, I can't be into church because I'm going through too much. And I want to say is, that's exactly when you need the church. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to go out on a limb right here, is those who are saying to themselves, life is bad, now's not the time for church. I'm saying to you, it's exactly the opposite. Because you're saying now's not the time for church, life is bad. Like actually, I'm going to refer to what something Father Timothy said in the sermon today, which I loved it very much. When he was saying that the, the, during the snowstorm or the snow that's outside, he said there's one car parked in the sun and one car parked in the shade. Both had the same amount of snow. One had a lot more work to get out of there. Well, I'm saying the church is our sun. The church is our sun. All of us going through the storm. All of us going through the same thing together. But some of us, some of us, when our life is in the sun, when we have the power of the church with us, then you know what? It makes it a little bit easier to get through. There isn't anybody, like again, with all due respect, with all due respect, People come to me and say, no, no, you don't know my situation. And I have a health situation in my family. I promise you, bring every family of the church right here. Line them all up. And you could, if you bring 10 families from the church, nine out of 10 of them will tell you there's a pre-existing health condition in their family. Everyone, I promise you, because people tell me as if like, no, you don't know my immune. I, I know because the next family told me the same thing. There isn't a family here who doesn't have a situation. People say, no, no, you don't know, but I see my grandma like once a year. That good for your grandma. Everyone here has grandmas. Everyone here has parents that we see that are in a tough situation. I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm not trying to say it's easy, but what I'm saying is be careful. Be careful what you're risking. Be careful what you're protecting and be careful what you're risking. Because I'm saying, as I said in the beginning, it is good for us to be here. Us being here, you know who we all are? We all, not saying just you, I'm saying me. All of us, you know the story of the prodigal son, the young boy who left his father's house and he said, I'll be okay out there. That young boy, take it with all love, that young boy needed to be in his father's home more than his father needed him. All of us are the prodigal son. We need to be here. We need to be. It is good for us to be here because church is the sun for us. Church is what takes the situation, the worship, the fellowship, the teaching, the us being together. This is what takes the bad situation and shines a little bit of light on it. Makes things a little bit easier because the church is our center. It's our life. It is the main thing. And I, for 2022, and I hope you are as well, all in to church for 2022. I realize may not be able to be here every week. I get it. May get sick. I get it. If, you, if you're sick, again, we don't want you here. Okay, but we still want you invested in the life of the church. 
I'm not saying necessarily be here every week. I may, some of you may need to be here more, but I'm saying I am all in on the life of the church in 2022. I'm gonna show you a scary verse. Show you a scary verse. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to be honest. It's from Matthew chapter seven, verse 21 and 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you practice lawlessness. Imagine, let me lighten the mood right here. I feel like I got a little too much in the negative side here. Let me lighten the mood. Imagine, okay, if you're a guy, it's going to be a girl. If you're a girl, it's a guy. But I'll say it like from a guy perspective. Imagine the woman of your dreams. Okay? And if you're married, you already have her. Okay? <laughs> Imagine you could create the woman of your dreams. Imagine there was an app where you could just go in and you could type in and she would be like the most beautiful woman and beauty beyond belief and brains beyond belief. And she would even like your favorite sports team. Like it would be perfect. Like she would support you. And again, for the women, go for the husband, whatever, maybe. And he's Prince Charming and he's nice and he doesn't belch and he doesn't lose his hair and he doesn't gain. Any hair. So it's like the person of your dreams. And it's not just physical, but it's emotional and it's spiritual. And it's the person of your dreams. Did you know that you actually have apps where you can like enter this information in? And then like they can show you a picture of what your dream person would be. Did you know that? They really, everything exists in 2022. They, they do this. Actually, would you like to see what came up when I entered the information in? I did it. I said, this would be fun. Here's my dream woman right here. Ah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So this dream woman, okay, who is very uncomfortable right now with this picture up on the screen. <laughs> Just for her sake, I'll go back. For her sake, I'll go back. For her sake. Dream woman. You meet the person of your dreams, man of your dreams, woman of your dreams, and you woo this person, and you invite them out to dinner, and you go to fancy places that don't have coupons. Like, you go, like, the, the place where they serve you, you don't have to, like, go clean up. Like, these kinds of nice places. And you marry her. And you go on the greatest honeymoon of your life, and you guys just bond. And this is, like, this is it. This is the person of my dreams. This is the person I've been waiting for, has the answer to everything I needed in life. I finally found the person and I married this person. And then you get married. And then you don't spend any time with the person. It's not because you don't like the person, but you know, you're busy. She's busy, you're busy. So, you know, you may not see each other every day, but you know, you send a text every now and then. And she sends a text and you read her text. Of course, I'm saying you, you, you love her and stuff like that. It's not like you don't love each other, but... You know, you see her once every other day. And then once every other day turns into like, you know, once every three weeks. Or oh, sorry, every three days. And then that eventually gradually gets cut. And then like you go through a hard situation and she gets sick. She gets sick or you get sick or someone gets sick. So you say, you know what, because you're sick, then you know what, you go to the basement. Now, that's what we do now, right? Someone gets sick, we lock him in the basement. Okay, and we throw food down the window. That's what we do these days. And we say, no, no I love her. But it's just that, you know, it's like one of us is sick, so it's not the right time. And then it's like a busy season at work. And then it's like, so it's not that you ever stopped loving her. It's not that you ever took off the ring. It's not that you ever took her picture down from your desk at work. But you know, you just became distant. You just weren't super close anymore. You were close, but you weren't super close. 
What would you say to that young man who was in that situation, who found the woman of his dreams and wooed her and married her, but then kind of grew distant after they got married? What would you say to him? You say, buddy, you got this thing wrong. The goal wasn't the wedding. The goal was the marriage. Like your goal wasn't to get married. Your goal was to live married. Your goal wasn't just to find her. Your goal was to live with her for the rest of your life. Who's that bride, that perfect bride for us? It's the church. Because how many of us, when we found the church, said, it is good for me to be here. This is the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. This church saved my life. I need this church. This church makes a difference in the way I treat my spouse. This church makes a difference in the way I handle problems. This church makes a difference in the way that I, in my anxiety, in my this church makes a difference for me. And then some troubles came, and then some sickness came, and then some turmoil came, and all of a sudden, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Oh, I don't have Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29, 18. It's in your handout for those who have it in front of you. But if not, I'll tell it for you. It's, let's get that one off too. <laughs> Where there is no vision, my people perish. Where there is no vision, my people perish. 2022, you're going to end up somewhere. Everyone ends up somewhere. Everyone. Everyone ends up somewhere. But the question is, who is the one who's going to end up somewhere on purpose? You're going to be standing somewhere. But the question is, are you going to be invested in that outcome? Or are you just going to let the wind blow you, where you wherever it wishes? My advice, go all in. Go all in, number one, on here and now. Forget about there and later. There and later isn't promised to us. Here and now is promised. If you're there, be all in there. We'll figure out tomorrow, tomorrow. Number two, be all in on starting. Whatever it is, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Whatever it is that you know God wants you to do. Why wait for the heart attack? to start doing the exercise program. Like why wait for the spiritual crisis to figure out where my Bible is? Why, why wait till something catastrophe happens for figuring out who it is that my close friends are around me? Like why? To him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him is evil, to him it is sin. I'm all in on starting. And number three, I'm gonna be all in on church, on not being close to church. I don't want anyone to say my goal is to be close to church this year. I don't wanna be close to church. I wanna be smack dab in the middle. Question for you, what are you aiming for in 2022? You're in the car, you're nine, day, nine days in, 11,000 minutes, you got 510,000 minutes to go. You're in the car, you're gonna end up somewhere. Question is where it is that you're driving. My hope and my prayer is that this is the best year ever and I truly believe it's gonna be a great year. My hope is it's the best year ever and I truly believe it can be, but it's not gonna be that way by accident. It's only gonna be that way if we do it intentionally. Let's stand up and say a prayer together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for bringing us to the start of another year, giving us another chance to do what it is we know we need to do. I pray, Lord, that you would give us all the courage and the strength to walk out of here today and be very intentional about how we live this coming year. Give us, Lord, the, the inspiration and the vision, not our own vision for this year, but your vision for our lives, and give us the tools that we need to do that we need to do it and fulfill it. We ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, with the intercessions and the prayers of all your saints. Hear us, Lord, as we pray thankfully, our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. 